0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 295 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick, and the Rangers, of course, coming off of a very exciting, kind of a nail-biting win in Philadelphia, 3-2 in a shootout. Panarin and Kako come through in the shootout, and Alex Georgiev stops uh, two of the three flyers in the shootout as well to give the Rangers the victory, a much-needed win. Listen, this was not perfect. I think after the game during his post-game presser, David Quinn kind of summed it up pretty nicely, and I know Quinn is kind of come under some fire from Ranger fans recently, and listen, they are off to a slow start this year, I certainly don't think he's blameless in that slow start, for the most part, I've defended David Quinn on here, but I think he hit the nail on the head after this game when he said that, you know, I don't, I'm paraphrasing here, but he pretty much said, I don't know that this game was a Picasso, but the bottom line is that this team needed two points, and they found a way to get it done, and that's 100% true, listen, was this a perfect performance from the New York Rangers, no, I do not believe it was, Uh, for starters, you guys know, anybody who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time, the unnecessary penalties, and specifically the offensive zone penalties, uh, really a pet peeve of mine. You got to get away from them. I know the Rangers are a young team. They're even younger this year than they were last year, but they had four offensive zone penalties in this game. There's just no excuse for that. You got to be smarter. You got to be more disciplined than that, and uh, just don't be lazy and don't be sloppy. It, It can't happen. You cannot take four offensive zone penalties. Usually, if you do that, You're not going to live to tell about it. You're going to end up with a loss. But the Rangers hung in there, and they got the wins. Uh, Would I have liked to see the Rangers just close out this game in regulation and and not give up the equalizer with a minute and change remaining? Yes, of course, Uh, for two reasons. First of all, it'd be nice to see them just kind of close the game with a little bit of authority there. And it'd also be really nice to not let the Flyers get a point out of this. But, you know, like David Quinn said, this was not a perfect game. I would even go so far as to say that I think the Rangers this season have played better in some games that they've lost than they played last night even though they got the win. But the bottom line is sometimes you got to win a little bit ugly. I think that's what the Rangers did last night. They hung in there. They got a really nice performance from Alex Georgiev. He was great in this game. Uh quality over quantity. The Flyers only had 22 shots on net. Georgiev stops 20 of them and both times that he got beat, they were kind of those dirty goals, you know, kind of scrambles in front of the in front of the net. He didn't get beat clean by the Flyers all night. Like I said, they were just complete scrambles in front of the Ranger net that ended up getting put home. And really on that first one, uh, you know, the Rangers got to find a way to get that puck out of there. That, That goal that the Flyers scored 59 seconds into the game because the puck is just laying there. The Flyers only have two guys, like literally even in the TV frame, the Rangers have five Somebody knocked them out of there, you know, and it just went on for way too long uh, for the Rangers to not be able to get it clear, to not be able to knock the Flyers off the puck or something. I will say going into this game, though, that I questioned going with Alex Georgiev instead of Igor Shosturkin, and I realize both goalies are going to have to play. The role of the backup goalie has certainly increased in the NHL over the last few years, however many years you want to go back, maybe about 10 years now. Uh, but to me, when you've lost four straight games and you really, really need a win, You got to go with your top goalie. And right now, I think when you look at the total body of work for each goalie throughout this season, that's Igor Shosturkin. And again, I realize that Alex Georgiev is going to have to play at times, but it's not like this is a situation where, you know, Georgiev hasn't played in six, seven, eight games. No, he played in the Rangers third most recent game and so in the last four games now each goalie has played twice and to me when you're in must-win territory which is basically what the Rangers were in last night they needed to come away with a win I know it's not a literal must-win like the season is over if they lose this game but man five losses in a row in a short season when you're slipping in the standings to begin with, you've kind of been looking up at everybody in the playoff picture right from the opening faceoff off this season. Yeah, you really needed to win this game. So in my mind, uh, I, I think Shesterkin should have been the guy, but I can't fault David Quinn for this. Look, he's paid to make these decisions. He's paid a lot of money to make these decisions. He's got his uh, you know hand on the pulse of the team. Whatever analogy you want to use, but for whatever reason, he felt like uh, this was Alex Georgiev's game. He trusts his gut. He goes with Alex Georgiev. Georgiev gets it done and plays very well. And one thing that was huge for Georgiev early in this game so the Flyers are already up one to nothing, and again get another opportunity, Raffle goes in on kind of a partial breakaway. You know, he gets behind the defense at the last minute, and he's moving across the crease with the puck, and Georgiev with a really nice left pad save, stayed with him the entire way, kicked out his pad, makes the save turns the puck aside, prevents the Flyers from taking what would have been an early 2-0 lead. And at that point, you know, the game's not over, obviously, but that's not a good start if you're the Rangers. And Alex Georgiev, this is something that Steve Valaket talked about uh, during one of the intermissions. He really needed this because, first of all, again, you don't want the Rangers to fall into a 2-0 hole. That's first and foremost. But also, Georgiev, like we talked about in a recent episode on here, his Achilles heel this year, an area where he's really struggled, really had some problems, is in breakaways, he just has not fared well. It's not just that he's not making the save on breakaways. There's been too many where it looks like he just has no chance, but he was really good, uh, made the save here, and then obviously stopped two out of three in the shootout as well to help the Rangers get this victory here tonight. So that was big time for Alex Georgiev. That is a big time clutch performance by Alex Georgiev. And I'll admit, I want Igor Shosturkin out there. Maybe they get the win with Shosturkin too, but they go with Alex Georgiev and Georgiev turns in a really nice performance for the Rangers here in this game. Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. We're covering everything you need to know about the Rangers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It is hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We'll get back to this thrilling Ranger win in just a second here. But first, I just wanted to kind of give you guys a little bit of an update on Henrik Lundqvist. He is on social media. He's on Twitter. He's not the most active, but he does post there from time to time. And he is kind of keeping people updated on his recovery from open-heart surgery. And uh, just two days ago, he uh, posted a selfie of himself in New York City. And uh, apparently, he had just gone for a run. and, And this is what he had to say about it. He said, Today is a good day. The checkup with the doctor this morning reaffirmed what I've been feeling the last few weeks, everything looking great, and energized me so much, I had to go out for a run. FYI, I'm not a runner. Today is a good day, and then he had a smiley face emoji, a thumbs up emoji, and hashtag step-by-step, and like I said, he posted a selfie of himself uh, by the water there in New York City. And uh, I guess this was either post-run or pre-run. But either way, uh, it's just great to see Henrik Lundqvist out and about. And, uh, you know, not too long after having open-heart surgery, I believe about six weeks now, uh, you know, he's able to go out there and and go for a run. So uh, all the best to Henrik Lundqvist, first and foremost, in his actual life, away from hockey. Uh, You know, you hear open-heart surgery, and that's obviously a scary thing. But it looks like he's doing well. And listen, if he wants to come back and play hockey and there's a team that will have him, uh, more power to him. I think it would be, like I said, the storybook ending of all storybook endings if he somehow comes back and wins a Stanley Cup with somebody next season. But obviously, first and foremost, uh, the man himself, Henrik Lundqvist, needs to get better. And like I said, it sounds like he's doing good, and it sounds like he's in good spirits. So that's obviously awesome to hear. But getting back to this game here. I think it's probably only fair to acknowledge that the Flyers, just like the Devils, you know, in the, the last game that the Rangers played, kind of a similar situation. The Flyers had gone nearly two weeks since their last actual hockey game, and they had multiple players out in the COVID protocol. Do I care at all? I mean, I care from a sense that I hope all those guys get better. Don't get me wrong here. Don't Please don't misinterpret what I'm saying here, but... Do I care in terms of this cheapening the Ranger win? No, I don't care at all, because like we were talking about in the intro, like David Quinn acknowledged after the game, like even the players were talking about, this team desperately needed to get a win, and they found a way to do that, despite facing some adversity in this game. But I figure we can kind of go to the big finish here. Like I said, I want to try to mix up a little bit of play-by-play and a little bit of analysis during these uh, post-game episodes here. But the Rangers, you know, down the stretch, they're trying to hang on to a 2-1 to lead. And the Flyers pull their goalie with 231 left and an offensive draw coming. Uh, there's a play stoppage. The faceoff comes out of the zone because the player, the Flyers touched it with a high stick. Uh, it goes back in. The Flyers once again pull their goalie. And there's an unbelievable play by Ryan Lindgren here. And it's destined to get lost in the shuffle because the Flyers ended up scoring the game-tying goal just a couple seconds after this. But Lingren basically just went airborne, moving back toward the Ranger crease and fully extended his stick and knocked the puck down in the crease. So he prevented what would have been the game-tying goal there. It was all a moot point because just a couple of seconds later, uh, Farabee crashes the net, stuffs it home, and he scores to tie the game at 2-2 with uh, just a little bit more than a minute remaining. But that was an unbelievable play by Ryan Lindgren, and it barely even got no- acknowledged on the broadcast. I'm not even sure that it did get acknowledged. So uh, great play by in there. But it goes into overtime, unfortunately, because, you know, the Rangers— You're feeling good. We've gotten goals from Colin Blackwell and Brennan Smith, a couple of unlikely sources. We're going to win this game 2-1 in regulation. We're going to hang on. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen. But the game goes into overtime. The Rangers start with Panarin, Strom, and Fox. The Rangers lose the face-up, and uh, Georgiev has to make an early save against Farabee. But then the Rangers actually end up getting a power play, and this was a great play, especially by Kako, but also by Buchnevich. Kako was being very patient. The Rangers had the puck in the flyer zone, maintaining possession of the puck, kind of skating out back toward the blue line, and then he passes in deep to Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich has the puck right on the doorstep. He's kind of moving across the crease there, looking to tuck it home, and then Nolan Patrick, out of desperation for the flyers, he basically has no Choice. Yes, a hook Pavel Buchnevich, a very obvious penalty, and indeed the refs call it. So the Rangers now go on the power play, four on three. Uh, there's about 2.38, I believe, is how much time was left here. So they're basically going to be on a power play for just about the rest of the overtime period. Uh, four on three power play, and you're thinking, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe the Rangers can uh, actually score twice on the power play in one game here tonight and uh, find the game winner here. But they go with Zabanjad, Panarin, Kreider, and Fox. Zabanjad wins the faceoff, and that was big because the Rangers, for a very long time here, just completely controlled possession. Uh, the Flyers could not get the puck away from them, and the Rangers created multiple multiple scoring opportunities here. A couple times where you thought they were going to get the game winner, there was a play where Artemi Panarin just lets it fly, and he hits the post. Actually, he hit the post for the second time in the game. But then, you know, a couple rapid-fire passes by the Rangers here. Fox to Panarin, Panarin to Zibanejad, Uh really nice save by Hart, and then There was a great keep-in by Artemi Panarin. The puck looked like it was coming out. Panarin really fought to keep this puck in the flyer zone. And then he gets the puck down deep to Mika Zibanejad. You're thinking maybe Mika's going to shoot, but he was kind of at a tough angle and kind of running out of real estate a little bit too. So instead, Mika spins, passes back to Panarin, and Panarin lets it fly again. Another save by Hart. I mean, the Rangers did everything possible but score a goal here. And unfortunately, the power play expires, overtime ends, and we're going to a shootout, which, as you guys know, I Listen, I like shootouts. I, I, I guess maybe it's it starting to get to the point where I'm in the minority or at least you know there's a little bit of a split there. I know some hockey traditionalists are not a fan of shootouts, but ask yourself this question. So, The Rangers really needed a win last night. They didn't need a tie. They didn't need an overtime loss. If the shootout didn't exist and we just ended games after five minutes of overtime with a tie, I don't think any of us would really be feeling very good right now. You know, the Rangers needed a win. They didn't need a tie. And I just don't like ties in general. I need some kind of finality at the end of the game. I need my team to either win or lose. I don't want to sit around for two and a half hours, two hours and 45 minutes, whatever it might be, just to have my team get a tie. And then if that's the case, you know, the Rangers at this point, they'd be still on a five game win list. What does a tie do for you? Does anybody really feel that much better if the Rangers tie the Flyers last night, especially after they give up the equalizer with just a minute and change remaining? So let's settle this thing in a shootout and You know, I know it's a little bit gimmicky, but hey, it's also exciting, and it's also a way to determine a winner at the end of these games. So uh, we go to the shootout. Kevin Hayes tries to go five hole for the Flyers, and Georgiev makes the save, but it almost kind of trickles in. He had to kick out his left skate at the very last second. Really nice save by Georgiev there, uh, denying his former teammate. And then Capo Kako he goes first for the Rangers. David Quinn talked about this after the game. He said he didn't want to necessarily put a lot of pressure on Kako, so that's why he had him go first. And he also acknowledged that Mika Zibanejad would have been the third shooter for the Rangers. But Kako just goes in. He looks dangerous on this. He looks very decisive. He takes his shot, and he puts it right inside the post, despite not really having a lot of room there. Just a complete snipe from Capo. Kako. And Kako's played great lately. And I think we, we've we talked about this before. We've talked about this a little bit last season. We've even talked about it a little bit this season. I feel like it's getting to the point where we really are on the verge of a Capo kako breakout. Because if you guys watch these games... I know he's got to get better at finishing, but really, that's the only thing that's stopping him from just, you know, really exploding and really becoming a bonafide force at top six forward for this New York Ranger team. He's doing everything else. He's looks very confident with the puck. His passing is good. He's getting to good spots on the ice as far as, uh, you know, high danger scoring areas. The only thing he's not doing is finishing. I, I think a couple of times uh, in recent games, he's had a chance in deep and he just shoots it right into the goalie's breadbasket, that's been a team-wide issue for the Rangers where they're, they're just not uh, finishing their scoring opportunities. Capo Capocacco, he fits that description as well, but he is getting chances, and he is looking dangerous out there with the puck, and he is going to the dirty parts of the rink to fight for the puck. I think his game has really come along nicely. He is so close to breaking out, and hopefully it's to come here. I know this goal here in the shootout, it doesn't count as a goal as far as his stats are concerned, but maybe this gets him going a little bit. Uh, maybe he finds the scoring touch, and it carries into uh, Saturday afternoon's matinee against the Washington Capitals. But Rangers still have a shootout to win here. So Couturier goes in for the Flyers. He makes a great move and uh, sticks it inside the near post. Basically, Couturier, he made it look like he was going to go to his backhand, uh, and that got Alex Giorgiev to move to his left, and it left the near post sort of unprotected. And Couturier goes back to his forehand, stuffs it in, so it's one-to-one. Now it's on Artemi Panarin to get the Rangers back in front here. He creeps in and basically just waits at the goalie and lets it fly and beats him. I mean, if you blink, you miss this puck going in. But Artemi Panarin, so good on the shootout and just a clutch, clutch goal here uh, to give the Rangers, put the Rangers back in the driver's seat, basically. So they need a save, and they get it. The Flyers go with JVR. He's been absolutely on fire for them in recent games. And I don't know, I thought Georgiev might have gotten a little piece of this. I'm seeing in the box score that it says uh, that JVR just shot it wide of the net. Be that as it may, Alex Georgiev gave him nothing on this, uh, was in good position, and uh, either way, either Georgiev made the save or JVR shot wide, but either way, it's a win for the Rangers. Uh, Georgiev was feeling it. He kind of jumped up and pumped his fists afterward. Pavel Buchnevich was the first guy under the ice to congratulate him. Uh, Again, just a gutsy win for the Rangers. It was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they found a way to get it done, and that's what's important when you've lost four games in a row. It doesn't have to be pretty. Uh, And now you just hope you know, going into the next game, that the Rangers can clean up some of the finer points of their game. And we are going to talk about that in just a second here. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, Once again, use promo code On and get $10 off your first box at www.biltbar.com. Every Friday on Locked On NHL, join Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games. From breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on Saturday night, Joe and Tom have every angle of the league covered to close your week. Subscribe. To Locked on NHL wherever you get your podcasts. A couple of closing thoughts on this Ranger win against the Flyers, a much needed shootout win. First of all, let's look at a couple of areas where the Rangers can improve. And uh, I'm not, you know, going after the team here, but clearly there were things that they could do better. Uh, again, you got to appreciate this win. You got to enjoy this win. It's been a long time since we saw the Rangers win a game, and they won last night in very dramatic fashion, but that doesn't mean there aren't areas where the team can improve. Had the Rangers lost in the shootout, I still would have talked about these things. So uh, don't Mistake this as me being negative or anything like that, but uh, an area where the Rangers clearly have to get better is the foolish penalties because, like we talked about, the Rangers in this game took four offensive zone penalties and, you know, at least five penalties. I think, yeah, five penalties overall. That they just didn't need to take, and that started with Jack Johnson, who I don't think was bad in this game, but he definitely got off to an ominous start in his first game back in the lineup. Uh, The Flyers had the puck in the Rangers zone, so at least it's a defensive zone penalty, I guess. But he was just kind of lazy, just put out his stick and tripped his guy, and uh, ends up in the penalty box. And that's when the Rangers were already down one to nothing and not really off to the best of starts. So he's putting them back on their heels by taking an unnecessary penalty there. And as for the rest of the first period, a couple of other uh, undisciplined, unnecessary penalties. He got Strom tripping his guy behind the the. Flyer net. So this is an offensive zone penalty against Ryan Strome, his first of two in this game. uh, Just completely unnecessary and just kind of lazy. You know, I know you're trying to get the puck back. I know you're trying to make things happen, but you're under no danger of giving up a goal. The puck is on completely the other side of the rink, so there's no reason to take a tripping penalty here if you're Ryan Strom. So that was foolish. And then Chris Kreider, this was really bad. So the Rangers have a 5-on-3 for a full two minutes, and you're thinking like, all right, well, if there's ever a time for this power play to kind of break out a little bit, this is it. Two full minutes of 5-on-3, let's go, let's do this. And just about 30 seconds or so into the 5-on-3, Chris Kreider with an offensive zone penalty, you just— cannot do this, man. I I know that, you know, mistakes are going to happen at times. And what, in fact, do all three of these players have in common here? The guys that took these unnecessary penalties in the first period for the Rangers, they're all veterans. These are the guys that have been in the NHL for a long time. These are the guys that are supposed to set the example and play smart, disciplined hockey. And they all take unnecessary penalties here in the first period. And this did not stop in the first period either because later in this game, Ryan Strom with another offensive zone penalty. He goes off for a slash. And then even Capo Kako. Kako was great in this game. He's really looked good lately. We talked about him earlier. But he took a foolish penalty behind the flyer net as well. So, and I, you know, Kako, he's at least not a veteran. He's one of the younger players. But sooner or later, the Rangers are going to have to clean this up. You're not going to win games Not going to win too many games, taking four offensive zone penalties. It's going to come back to bite you more often than not. Like we said, you know, the Rangers, they hung in there. They overcame their mistakes. They shook off, you know, giving up a very early goal and a very late goal that allowed the Flyers to send the game into overtime. So there is something to be said for not playing your best and claiming an ugly win. But, man, you cannot do this every single night and expect that you're going to come away with it for two points very often. It's great that they did. Don't get me wrong. The Rangers absolutely had to win this game. But obviously the unnecessary penalties, that's something the Rangers are going to have to clean up moving forward going to sound like a broken record here too, but obviously the Rangers need to get a little bit more out of their star players, namely Mika Zabajad and Chris Kreider. I think that, you know, since the Rangers won this game, I'll give them one more game together on the top line uh, before breaking them up. Maybe they can break through against the Washington Capitals, but if it's kind of another uh, lackluster performance from that top line, then I think it's time to break up Chris Kreider and Mika Zabajad. We talked about on the show, the Magic just hasn't been there so far this season. I think you drop Chris Kreider down to the third line, maybe you bump Alexi Lafreniere up to the top line, see if you can get him going a little bit too, because Lafreniere, you know, for a while, I don't think he was getting any luck. Like a lot of players on the Rangers weren't getting any luck, but over these last few games, he just hasn't been very noticeable. And I guess part of the reason for that is he's now playing on the third line. And so, you know, he's out there with Kevin Rooney, who I really like, and he's out there with Colin Blackwell, who's been great as well. You don't necessarily expect a lot of scoring from those guys, although Colin Blackwell, the way he's been playing, uh, maybe he Maybe he is going to be a scorer. Who knows? But there are multiple players on this Ranger team who just seem like they need a little bit of a joel. And like we said, Mika and Kreider, they've had plenty of time to figure it out to kind of get going this season. Uh, I think it might be time to just kind of split the two of them up and see if they can get going with uh, different linemates. I think that could be a positive change for both guys. And something else that I talked about is how the Flyers were missing a lot of their players, and that's true. That's 100% true. They were shorthanded last night, but you know what? The Rangers are missing a lot of their guys too. Maybe not quite to the same extent as the Flyers, but the Rangers were without Filippito. Uh, that's easy to forget. You know, filipino has been missing for the vast majority of the season after getting off to a really hot start and looking like the Rangers' best center. The Rangers also had no Jacob Truba and no Andre Miller, obviously two of the top four defensemen. And that also kind of leads me into my next point here. Uh, the Ranger defensemen really stepped up in this game, all six of them. You know, it was a solid game, they, for the most part, limited the Flyers' scoring opportunities. I know Georgiev had to make a couple of really nice saves, and he was really good in this game, and I think early, the Flyers were getting more scoring opportunities than you would like to see, but the Rangers tightened things up after that. They had the Flyers go for basically about 57 minutes without scoring a goal, so obviously the defensemen had to be doing something right, and this despite the fact that the Rangers were shorthanded very often in this game. The penalty kill was fantastic yet again. And given that the Rangers kind of had to reimagine how they're going to work things at their blue line with both Ke'Andre Miller and Jacob Truba out of the lineup. Now, Ke'Andre Miller is expected back in relatively short order. I wouldn't even be surprised if he plays on Saturday against the Capitals. We'll just have to wait and see and keep our fingers crossed there. Jacob Truba, of course, going to be out for six to eight weeks. That's a huge loss for the Rangers. But I thought it would be fun to kind of take a look at the... Uh, Time on the ice breakdown for the Ranger defenseman, especially since it's a completely new look group here. First of all, we got to start with Adam Fox. He led all defensemen, all skaters in the game with 30 minutes and 17 seconds of ice time. Now, I realize there were an extra five minutes due to the overtime period, but Adam Fox basically played half the game, and he had an additional five minutes and 40 seconds on the power play and 5:19 while shorthanded. So, just crazy. David Quinn not too long ago talked about maybe trying to reduce his ice time so as not to burn him out, but Man, I think this might be par for the course for Adam Fox. Not that he's going to get 30 minutes and 17 seconds of ice time every single night, but that he's going to be the workhorse, especially if they have to be without Ke'Andre Miller for the foreseeable future. And as we all know, Jacob Truba is out injured and Tony D'Angelo just completely out of the picture. If you're Adam Fox, uh, get used to playing a lot of minutes. Then you also had uh, Ryan Lingren with 23 minutes and 39 seconds. Uh, he ended up being out there for 5 minutes and 30 seconds while the Rangers were shorthanded. He's Fox's partner. He's going to be out there pretty much when Adam Fox is out there, other than on the power play, of course. He's been steady as always for the Rangers. Then you've also got, in third place, so to speak, Liber Hayek played 20 minutes and 52 seconds. Another solid performance for him. Anthony Boteto was out there for 15 minutes and 50 seconds, and... Pairing continues to get it done. I I guess they're technically still uh, considered to be the Rangers' third defense pairing. But Anthony Boteto had a really solid night. Actually got some time on the power play and got an assist on the power play on a goal by Colin Blackwell. And then Brennan Smith had 14 minutes and 59 seconds. Jack Johnson had 14.08. But like I said, I think all six defensemen played fairly well in this game. Both Smith and Johnson saw some time on the penalty killed. Smith was actually only out there for 51 seconds, but Jack Johnson got 2.11 on the PK. But one other thing I want to do now that we're almost half an hour into this episode is just talk a little bit about both Ranger goals here. we got to break down everything that happened. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere, like we've talked about, it's been kind of a quiet game for him, but he made a really nice play here, and he's not going to get credit for an assist. But the Rangers, like we said, they're on the man advantage. He gets the puck. He starts to move in. Toward the flyer net, and he forces one of the flyer penalty killers to kind of react and move toward him. And this opened up a passing lane. He goes back to Buchnevich at the blue line. Buchnevich dishes over to Anthony Potetto. Potetto moves it right back to Buchnevich, and Buchnevich takes a shot through traffic. And Colin Blackwell, who's near the net, deflects it home, puts the Rangers on the board early in the second period, ties the game at one. Uh, Big goal there for the Rangers, and great to see Colin Blackwell continuing to excel. I don't know, maybe the Rangers found a diamond in the rough. He, this guy looks like a player to me. I mean, he's got good speed. He works hard. He'll play physical if he has to. You can put him out there for the power play, apparently. He's almost getting to the point where he's in that Jesper per role. I think him and Phil Giuseppe are kind of similar in that regard, where you can seemingly move them up and down the lineup, and they never really feel too far out of place. And as the Rangers were on the power play here, I actually sent out a tweet. I started to type a tweet that... Wow, you know, uh, Blackwell and Boteto out there on the power play. I thought that was interesting, but I definitely was not against it because the power play has been so uh, anemic over the last however many games that it's like, all right, well, let's let's just give it a shot. Let's just throw some other guys out there and give them an opportunity. And lo and behold, uh, Anthony Boteto gets a secondary assist and Colin Blackwell scores the goal, uh, deflecting Buchnevich's shot into the net. So very cool to see hey, for my money, put them back out there on the power play in the next game. Why not? They broke through here. And of course, uh, with Potato being out there, it's almost out of necessity because there's no more Tony D'Angelo. Jacob Truba is injured, and Ke'Andre Miller was injured for this game. We'll see if he's back on Saturday. But some other defensemen, other than Adam Fox, probably is going to have to be out there for the power play at least some of the time. Anthony Potato got a shot here, collects a secondary assist. Good for him. That was awesome to see. And then let's talk about the goal that put the Rangers up by one in the third period here. Getting close to the midway point of the third period, the Rangers take a 2-1 to lead. Artemi Panarin ends up with the primary assist and Brennan Smith ends up with the goal. But they both did so much more on this play than simply the assist and the goal. Let's just break down this entire thing. The puck is, you know, worked around the boards by the Rangers. Carter Hart plays it back up the boards. It looks like the Flyers are going to be able to get the puck out of the zone. But Artemi Panarin is there. He kind of bumps into the flyer, forces a turnover, knocks the puck loose. And then Brennan Smith comes flying into the attacking zone. And I'm not sure if he was just off the bench. It looked like he might've been because he'd kind of built up a nice head of steam there. And, uh, He doesn't have the puck for very long, but he just keeps the play alive. And he moves it to an open sheet of ice in the middle of the rink there. Ryan Strome picks it up, and he basically just puts the puck toward the net. And sometimes that's what you got to do if you're the Rangers. And it's funny because we'll get back to this goal in just a second. But as a quick aside here, uh, Ryan Strome apparently was talking with Alex Georgiev between games and kind of asking him, you know, from your point of view back there, uh, what are we doing wrong? What can we improve on? And Alex Georgiev told him, you know, I think you guys just kind of need to play the puck at the net a little bit more and just kind of simplify things a little bit. Maybe Ryan Strome took his goaltender's advice here because he got the puck and basically just played it toward the flyer net and was willing to just see what happens. And what happened was Carter Hart uh, made a save. He kind of steered the puck to his right, but Artemi Panarin is there. And Panarin immediately uh, just kind of a no-look behind the back pass, getting it back across the goal crease there to Brandon Smith, who's by himself, and uh, connects on the pass, and Brandon Smith has a wide-open net, and he buries it. And a really nice play by Brennan Smith here as well because the pass was behind him a little bit and Smith had to kind of hit the brakes and reach back Full extension to get his stick on this puck and stop the puck from getting by him. As soon as he did that, though, uh, it was academic. He was going to put the puck in the net. That's exactly what he did. Really cool to see Brandon Smith come through here. I know he hasn't always lived up to the contract that the Rangers gave him, but I do think he plays hard. I do think he stands up for teammates. He does some good things, and uh, very nice to see him reward here, uh, going in deep and getting a goal and making it happen, because if he doesn't make that play at the blue line to keep the play alive and get the puck to Ryan Strom, none of this happens. So really just a great play by Brandon Smith all around there. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, thanks as always for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.